0: it is uh, quite interesting because it is based on a true story and uh, uh, mr. Phillips that's an interesting first name Phillips Brooks was his name and as we saw as represented here and is entitled mr. Brooks Goes to uh, Bethlehem quite interesting so anyway, he was indeed a, a pastor he was a pastor of Holy Trinity Trinity Church in Philadelphia uh, back in the day and uh, he was a, a <laughs> he was a rather large man he was a six foot eight inches tall and so he's a tall guy and tall pastor and so uh he was known for obviously for being big but even more than that he was known to have a big heart and uh, he, he was known to love children and such. So he never married, never had children of his own, but all the children of his congregation became like his own children. In fact, uh, it was said that in his office he kept toys and uh, for the children to come in and play with. It was not unusual to find him sitting on the floor, and uh, that's a long way down for a six foot eight guy, and uh, sitting on the floor with a group of children and playing toys with them and just enjoying uh, their company and things like that. In fact, the song that this program is about, O oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, he wrote as the program depicted for the children of his congregation to sing. And what was neat was as the program depicted, the children so wonderfully presented to us, he did take a trip to Israel and uh, that itinerary included a horseback ride from Jerusalem to Bethlehem and there on Christmas Eve. And so you can imagine what that was like traveling from Jerusalem and uh, on horseback uh, <laughs> to Bethlehem on the day of Christmas Eve. And uh, the, back then, obviously, the village was much smaller uh, than it grew up to be. And that, um, obviously, the years since and so forth. And uh, by nightfall, He was able to visit the fields there, uh, likely where the shepherds were watching their sheep and things like that, and they heard the angelic announcement. He also attended a Christmas Eve service at the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. It really was at that point that the Lord spoke to his heart in such a way that uh, he was, in his own words, never the same since that moment. God really spoke to him sitting there in Bethlehem and realizing what it all represented and what began so many years ago there on that, in that place, on that day long ago. As was depicted here by uh, Mr. Brooks, Mr. Lewis, and their, their correspondence back and forth. He, he would often write letters and, about his trip, and uh, one of those letters he wrote to the children of his congregation. And this is what he wrote when he, he remembered and was remembering what happened. He said this, I remember especially on Christmas Eve, uh, when I was standing in the old church in Bethlehem, close to the spot where Jesus was born, when the whole church was ringing hour after hour with the splendid hymns of praise to God, how again and again it seemed as if I could hear voices I knew well, telling each other of the wonderful night of the Savior's birth. It was quite the Christmas Eve service that he attended. One hymnologist says that that Christmas Eve service he attended lasted from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. That must have been a Baptist service, amen, going nice and long. Okay, anyway, that's a long service, and he got to hear those hymns sung and the things sung about. And something about the beauty and the simplicity of the visit, it stayed with uh, Pastor Phillips Brooks when he returned to America. Interestingly, it wasn't until several years later that uh, he wanted a new song for Christmas for his children and the congregation to sing, and he reached back in his memory, and his heart had been impressed over the years, that that trip and that visit to Bethlehem and uh, his Holy Land visit. The poem he wrote that would become the familiar hymn, it painted in words the sights and the sounds of that little town of Bethlehem he had visited long ago on Christmas Eve. I think it's interesting, the first few stanzas of the song, it really paints the story of what happened there in Bethlehem. That night so long ago, and the shepherds, and that little city lying in quietness, and uh, to which the Savior of the world, the Son of God, was going to be born on that fateful day. But I love that last stanza. The last verse, he really shines the spotlight on the true meaning of Christmas. And it really is, if you've ever thought about it, a wonderful evangelistic prayer. Remember the stanza with me. Here's what he wrote. He wrote this. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. I love the culmination of the story. He, he tells there of Christ in the manger, of the, the angels in Bethlehem, the little city, the city lying quietly, and yet he comes to the point and the realization, and oh my goodness, Jesus Christ came for a reason. There was a promise uh, attached to Christ's coming in that manger, and uh, the simple reality that he came to die on the cross of Calvary for your sins and mine. That was the promise found there in the manger. And as Mr. Brooks, he, he, he stood there in Bethlehem and he took it all in, he, he was reminded of what this stanza says, the, uh, the means by which he would do that and uh, the means by which he would see that our, uh, Jesus Christ would see that our sins be cast out, by which he would be made our Savior. And I love that statement. And uh, born in us, born again, it's interesting Jesus Christ and uh, on another night long a uh, few years after that he, he had a, a, a gentleman who was a religious gentleman come to him and essentially the man asked him what, what what I need to do to be saved what is it what is it that I need to do to gain uh, salvation eternity with God and what, what is it that I need to do? and interesting Jesus Christ responded to him you must be born again the man didn't understand he said whoa well, well, am I supposed to enter into the womb again is that what you mean by being born again? Jesus Christ went on to explain to him, and he, he did so in terms that are familiar with us. Just a few verses later, this is what he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That man's name was Nicodemus, and I can just imagine Jesus Christ was looking at Nicodemus. He said, listen, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, and Nicodemus, that includes you. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Nicodemus, that that idea of believing in Christ, trusting in Christ, means that Christ comes to live in you. You are born again. Christ would go on, he would explain this, for God, here's the good news, and I love that stanza, it says, the glad tidings tell. You know what the glad tidings are? This statement, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The Bible's clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, the cost, the penalty of sin is, is eternity. That death there is, certainly includes physical death, but much greater, much more uh, devastating is spiritual death, being separated from God for all of eternity. And my friend, Jesus Christ came to do that, that he might save us from that. And then Jesus Christ said something to Nicodemus that is a, a, a rather... Interesting statement, but very poignant. He said this statement, he that believeth on him, this is the next verse, he that believeth on him is not condemned. You've been declared not guilty based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His payment, his penalty on the cross of Calvary, you are not condemned to hell. No longer must you perish. And he said this, but he that believeth not is condemned already. There's a death sentence hanging over them. Notice what he goes on to say, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, this is the glad tidings that the Christmas story tells. Oh yes, we deserve uh, to perish in our sins for all of eternity in, the, in hell and in the lake of fire. That's what we deserve because of our sins. And yet Jesus Christ came, and I, I love that statement. He said, send to us, we pray. Because he understood that he came to do what? Well, cast out our sin. I don't know about you, but I, I haven't lived for uh, several years now. I I know, and I, if I'm honest, I could tell you uh, I've sinned. I've done wrong. We've all sinned, and the only way that that sin can be atoned for, the only way that that sin can be paid for, is either you and I spend eternity in hell, or we trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary to pay for that that sin. My friend, that's what Jesus Christ told Nicodemus. That's what it means to be born again, to put our faith and trust in him. You know what happened as Mr. Brooks, and you can just imagine back in that day, as he visited Bethlehem, as he went uh, there, and, and maybe what they thought was maybe the stable, or what they thought was maybe with the birthplace and so forth, and certainly only heaven will tell us, but reality is this. As he did so, as he traveled Bethlehem, his heart was touched. He got to see in his mind, this is ground zero. This is where it all began. This was the the, the the place where my Savior came, and he was born, and he eventually went on uh, to die. It's ground zero for him, and it, it impacted his heart. It impacted his life. Uh, several years later, he he pins a little town of Bethlehem because it had touched him so much. I ask you this morning: Is your heart touched? Is your heart moved by the simplicity of the the simple truth that Jesus Christ came and He was born in a manger and He did die on the cross of Calvary? Listen, my friend, He did not do it for Him. He did it for you. Could you see this morning that the reality is this? You could be at ground zero right now. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you don't know for sure if you die today that you're going to to heaven, can I just tell you right now, today could be your ground zero. That simply means this, that if you come to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today, that forevermore your eternity will be changed. Impacted. Everything will be different as you've come to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, may I just encourage you this morning that that little baby in the manger, he he came to die for you and your sin. To pay the penalty so that you could lose hell and gain heaven. The only reality is this, have you put your faith and trust in him? He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Have you believed on him? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Heads bowed and eyes closed, if you will, with me. And I appreciate so very much your attention and and such this morning. I I do appreciate it so very much. And we're almost done. But if everybody everybody could just remain still and quiet for just a moment. This morning, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Henry, I know beyond a shadow of doubt, I, I know there's been a time in my life that I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I know right now that if I were to die on the way home from this service, that I would be in heaven, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And uh, I know because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, I know that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with him. If that's you, just put your hand up all across the auditorium. Amen. Just put it right up and right back down. Thank you so very much. Anyone else? Say, so, yeah, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Not perfect. I make mistakes, and I'm a sinner, but yet the reality is I have trusted in Jesus Christ, and I know he paid for my sins on the cross, and I have trusted. Anybody else? Yep. And didn't understand it the first time, but I'm raising my hand now. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Henry, I, 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 I don't know if there's a time in my life, you, you talked about this being ground zero, reality is I, I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I, I can't remember a time in my life where I've done just what John three sixteen said, that I, I've trusted in Jesus Christ. I've put my faith in him alone for salvation i i I can't remember that would you just pray for me pastor henry i i understand today that jesus christ came and he he was born and he died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world and uh would you just pray for me that i'd get this settled i'm not quite sure that if i die today i'm going to heaven would you just pray for me just put your hand up all across your auditorium say pastor just pray for me no one looking around heads are bowed and eyes are closed and say pastor henry i'm just not sure would you pray for me amen Uh, anybody raise your hand hey uh, pastor would you just pray for me let me encourage you my friend if that's you if you raise your hand or even if you didn't can i encourage you, you you just come see us afterwards or right now this moment you could just cry out to god to save you and there's not a special wording there's not a special anything that saves you it's just an honest prayer from your heart that simply says dear god i know that i am a sinner And today I realize that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And this day I'm trusting in him alone for salvation in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for being my savior. And thank you, God, for promising to save me. A prayer simply as that uttered from the heart, my friend, Jesus Christ says, Thou shalt be saved when you trust in him. Could I encourage you today, don't leave this place without knowing for sure that heaven is your eternal home. Father, we thank you so very much for your uh, word that we've heard.